Joe Burrow is hurt. The Bengals lost in Thursday night football. Well, it sucked. Let's get into it. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi again, everyone, and welcome in to the Locked on Bengals podcast. He's Jake Lisko. I'm James Erpine. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, uh, even though it's it's probably painful. We're going to get into Joe Burrow in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Bengals lose 34 to 20, but that isn't the storyline. In fact, I just said right before we started recording, Jake and I were talking and I said, man, why couldn't you just lose 34 to 20? Just lose 34 to 20. And we talk about how your offense was was so stagnant in the second and third quarter and how you can't win the division and all of those things. And instead, we have to talk about Joe Burrow, who didn't finish the game, exited in the second quarter, suffered a sprained wrist, according to Head coach Zach Taylor, I thought was playing pretty well. 11 of 17, 101 yards left. And the Bengals had a 10-7 lead. But it doesn't feel good right now. He couldn't grip the ball on the sidelines. And obviously that's a concern. Jake, I don't know how or where you're at concern-wise. But to me, it's like, oh, how long is he going to be out? Because it it just it doesn't feel good right now. And it doesn't feel like it's just going to be a, a half that he misses feels like it might be more time. And I know I'm speculating, but I'm just giving him my feelings right now at one in the morning. Yeah, I mean, it, if he has to miss time, it's obviously atrocious for their chances the rest of the season, where even if they do have him, that playoff path is very difficult, given the record in the AFC, given that most of their wins came against the NFC West. But the reality is that he might not be healthy right away, like you said. Now, you go back, you look at the history of, quarterback wrist sprains there's obviously a wide range of outcomes here just like with a calf strain or an ankle sprain any of these soft tissue injuries are going to have a wide range of recovery times depending on severity depending on if anything broke as well they haven't done mri imaging yet most likely at least as of the information that we have maybe they have done it maybe they've done some x-rays we don't know about that right now but that they are initially of the belief that it is a sprain tells you that there are certainly symptoms of a sprain. They just don't know how bad it is. You go back to 2015, AJ McCarron had a wrist sprain in the second to last regular season game of the season. That was week 16 when he was playing for Andy Dalton. He did not miss any time. That would obviously be the the very best case scenario for Joe Burrow that we're talking about. If he doesn't have to miss time, the only chance at that, the only way you could really see that happening is one, he's a tough son of a gun. And two, they have that mini buy. They do have a couple of extra days here. Maybe that helps, but I'm with you. It, it doesn't seem very likely, and it is highly concerning for their their outcome this season. And there are a number of reasons this sucks. We'll talk about some of them. Maybe it'll be a little therapeutic for people, but really tough break. As things started to look like you know they were going in the right direction on that drive, that final drive he played in this game, final pass, touchdown pass, if he does have to miss some time, but sure looks difficult 
right now, really late on the East Coast in the United States and uh, really early where I am. I had a tweet that was ready to go. It was on my laptop. I didn't travel, obviously, for those watching. I did not go to Baltimore. And first game I've missed all season. And so I'm, I'm on my couch. And I have a tweet about how the Bengals were going after the running or going after the linebackers and Joe Mixon had a great drive and all of the, like all this stuff. And then I see Burrow on the side, like wince and I'm like, Oh, and I instantly focused on that, forgot about the tweet. And like 10 minutes later, everything had changed. I couldn't send that tweet anymore. Like that's how, you know, I, it, it, you're right. It was trending in the right direction. And then it goes out the door. Joe Burrow left. MNT Bank Stadium boarding the flight with a a wrap on that hand uh, didn't have anything on it uh, when he was on the sideline he returned to the sideline was in uniform the entire time I do think that's a good sign that it's not like they they put it in a cast right away which means that there's probably no no breaks but that they didn't put it in something right away and maybe that was just to preserve that on the on the sideline because he wanted to be back out there with his guys but it's uh, it, it's rough, and I'm sure they know more than they they let on, and we'll we'll find out. The good news is Zach Taylor does talk on Friday, it, the day after a game. So hopefully we can get more information then, and and share it. Make sure you check out our subtext because that uh, that'll be a good way to to get it as well. But obviously we'll share it on on social at some point. At least I will. Jake is in a different uh, different time zone, different arena. Um, but yeah, it it sucks. Like I said in the open, I just. I keep coming back to that. And there's this big cloud that's hanging over everything right now. And I was sick of dealing with that. I know the Bengals are sick of it. Burrow was sick of it. And the cloud's back and it's completely different. And we're in this unknown territory where, I mean, this is his throwing hand. And and what do you make of the, the thing that was on his hand as he got off the plane in Baltimore? Because a lot was made of that. I kind of downplayed it in writing. Like, look, he, he's been dealing with all, all sorts of little things that no one knows about. And, and, and so I think that this was completely different. Might be related a little bit, but I think completely different and much more severe because we've never seen him have an issue gripping the football until after he suffered the injury on Thursday. I don't really know what to make of that. It could be related. I mean, we've seen a couple things this season, right? The, the calf sleeve in camp, then he tweaks the calf that day. But we also saw, you know, the elbow wraps. There's been no mention on injury reports. There's been no obvious impact on his throwing from the elbow compression that he's worn after games the last couple of weeks. So, I I mean, how how are you to draw significant conclusions from – it is a little weird, I guess, to get off the plane wearing a wrist brace, if that's what it was. I don't even know what it was. I mean, we got some grainy, grainy footage, right? So – unclear to me what kind of medical apparatus he was wearing if it was a brace what it was zach taylor said of course that there wasn't a pre-existing injury that he was aware of and even if he was aware of it i don't think he could say so there's you know some some people out there talking about injury report stuff and congressional investigations which seems insane to me uh like even if Joe Burrow would have been on the injury report, maybe this happened after Friday's practice for all we know, who knows if something did happen, he would have been listed as a full participant. So what difference does that really make? I don't know. I'm not really concerned with all that. Like you said, we'll find out more tomorrow. We'll probably get an answer as to whether he's day to day or week to week, which will tell us something about when we can expect him back in Zach Taylor nomenclature. Yeah, you're right. Oh man. 
I uh, and, and Joe declined to comment after the game, obviously didn't talk, which I, I totally get. He mm-hmm. doesn't really have answers. And Jeremy Fowler, VSPN, as we're doing this, and again, it's like 1 a.m. Eastern on, on uh, Friday morning now, it, Eastern time, like I said, it's uh, reporting that Burrow declined to comment at, at his locker. They, they tried to talk to him there. He'll undergo an MRI. And, and so he hasn't done that yet, which I get. I think they'll get him back to team facilities and and, and do it then. But um, yeah, that's that's a big MRI, and, and that's well, you, you hold your breath, and, and hopefully we'll get a a day to day. And thank goodness there's a mini buy, and, and Zach Taylor can say that, and, and then we'll go from there. That would be kind of a best case scenario, so we we can kind of speak it into existence. You mentioned the different scenarios, and we haven't talked about this. I'm curious what scenarios you have and uh, you, you've played out of, of why it was such a bad night, and, and I'm sure a lot of that has to do with Burrow. We will get to the game as well, I promise, uh, as we roll on here. But uh, let's get to, to some of Jake's scenarios, and if there are any curveballs that I'm not expecting, we'll do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports the way they should be. They're the largest DFS platform in North America, and it's you versus the projections with Prize Picks. All you do is pick two to six players, and if they're going to score more or less than their projection, Justin Jefferson has more or less than the number of receiving yards that Prize Picks has projected for him. Jamar Chase has more or less receiving touchdowns. You could go with Christian McCaffrey, rushing touchdowns. His streak was broken last week. You pick two to six players, more or less, and you can win up to 25 times your money with prize picks. It's just you versus the projections. You don't have to worry about all of these different high-end pros, sharks, and thousands of other players. You just got to battle the projections. And that's why prize picks is simple to play. You can make your picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds. And check them out right now at pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy the way it should be. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So talking about why this felt bad, obviously there, there are very obvious reasons, like what it means for the entire season. But when you think about the season on the whole, they dealt with this injury early, and now we're back to the place again where the season hinges on Joe Burrow's health. What is he able to do? Is he able to play? Is he If he challenges to play even while injured, how limited is he? Does that hinder the offense more than Jake Browning would? So we're having these conversations again. Don't want to have those conversations again. You mentioned that. You also mentioned the tweet that you wrote right before the injury. And and that's the big thing for me. That's the salt in the wound, as it were, for this injury. Like, it's already bad enough. And and now they're coming off their best drive of the game. And, And I wrote the tweet because, you know, I'm on a little bit of a delay here, not watching on the uh, the televised broadcast, watching on a uh, streamed broadcast, which is always a little bit behind the, the televised broadcast. And for me, it's like, man, that was a great drive. So I wrote this tweet, fantastic, efficient drive for the offense, 12 plays, overcoming penalties, stayed ahead of the chains. Burrow was awesome. The run game was awesome. They had these answers for the Mike McDonald defense. It's been so challenging for them. And they found answers on those couple of third downs when they needed them multiple times that Joe Burrow's best throw of the game, the Tanner Hudson throw on the sideline on the little out and up the wheel. 
I mean, third and four, right after that. Yeah. yeah, huge third down play. Helped them get points. They took a lead, and and then you get this this injury right away, right when they were figuring things out, and that's part of why it's so bad, because you know it looks like oh they're they're gonna bounce back on offense this week. They found some answers after having some difficulty early. They're getting the complimentary football from the defense here. They can make life hard on Lamar Jackson. And now we didn't get to see how that played out. We didn't get to see if they would carry that response throughout the game, right? We didn't get to see if they were going to be able to recover because they just didn't have their quarterback. And the quarterback for this team, as we've seen throughout the season, is the engine for this team. That's just one of the many reasons that this injury is is so devastating at this part of the season, going even back to the preseason conversations we had about expectations for the team this year and, and kind of the, the path that they were on. It's a really challenging injury if he's going to have to miss any time at all, even if it is just one week, but certainly if it's extended time, that conversation is expanded. Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, you're right. It, it felt like they were, the offense was was going to be able to to do kind of what we were hoping they would do. And I mean, the, heck, they scored 20 points with, with Jake Browning in there. And we'll, we'll get to, so they, they get to 20. I think they could have gotten to that 30-ish mark with Burrow. And it's a shame because you're right. It was a matter of when, not if, he was going to figure out this McDonald defense. And uh, he, he, I think he was going to, just because he, track record says he was going to. And uh, the, the frustration, that's when I knew, like, obviously the gripping and stuff, but when he lets out the giant F-bomb and in his walking, it's like, oh, crap. Like, this is, a, this is a real, like, real thing. We've seen him in pain so many times. Like, when I saw him holding his hand after throwing the touchdown pass, I was just like, oh, he'll go shake it off and get on the iPad and mentally be okay. I really did. I mean, that's we've seen that a thousand times over the past four years. <laughs> like he just does, and uh, I think he was he was prepared pain wise to do it again, and he just physically couldn't grip the ball. So, I I, uh, I hope we get good news. I, I'm not sure really what else to say other than that. Keep speaking those vibes into existence. Do you have anything else on Burrow? No, you feel for him. Feel for fans. It, it, it just sucks. There's there's no way around it. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully it's not as bad as it looked. BJ Hill, for example, went down with a non-contact knee injury. I was like, man, what a freaking yeah. nightmare game. He he was fine. So hopefully this just isn't uh, as bad as it as it seems. And there's always a chance of that. Um, but I'm not terribly optimistic right now. We'll we'll just hope for good news. That's all we can do. Yeah, we'll hope for good news. We'll hope for good news for Cam Taylor Britt as well. No real mm-hmm. update on him. He left the game in the second quarter with a quad injury, had a really nice pass breakup deep downfield in the first half before exiting. And uh, that's another one where it's like, man, he was walking off and I was like, he's, he's left games this year, like multiple games where he's really gimpy. And then he just comes back and he's like, Oh, out of nowhere, cam's back. He left four days ago with the the hand injury had a dislocated finger. I had to get it put back into place. He's a tough dude. And it's a bummer. Uh, to, to not see him uh, out there, and he limped off the field afterwards. So hopefully that's not too serious either. Uh, Zach Taylor didn't give an update, but that's that's another injury. But you were right. The B.J. Hill one, I thought it was, like, awful, and it wasn't. So there, there is, a, uh, I guess, a silver lining. The other silver lining is, is Trey Hendrickson. 
as we get into the game stuff, Trey Hendrickson, especially early on, he, he was able to make an impact. That second drive, he really derailed the, the Ravens. Felt like the Ravens were just going to move up and down the field, and he said, heck no, you aren't doing that. The four-yard tackle for loss and then the sack after a bad penalty by the defense that turned third and 14 to third and nine, Trey Hendrickson ends the drive anyways on a sack. So that was really, really nice. There we go. We'll get into some positives. I, I liked uh, what I saw from Trey, especially early on. Yeah, he started the game well. I don't think he should have been on the field at the end of the game. <laughs> he limped off on, I think, his last play of the game. So hopefully he's still okay. I mean, he's just playing through a hyperextended knee. It didn't seem like it was anything crazy. And it's great that he was able to play and play through it and, and make that impact. He did play well early in this game. And yeah, I mean, early in the game, you give the team credit for their resiliency. Like they got punched in the mouth to start the game give up a very easy touchdown drive. The offense is kind of having a hard time getting going. They had a big penalty on the first drive to get them into field goal range. They miss a field goal with Evan McPherson a little bit later in the game. But they withstood that early surge from Baltimore and found some answers on defense early, got some good pressure to Lamar Jackson, and, and they were pushing the right buttons a little bit. But then, you know, once you lose Joe Burrow, the pressure on the Baltimore offense evaporates. You know, that's where the complimentary football thing happens. That's how losing Joe Burrow can affect your defense. There's no longer the impetus to press in, in any way, shape, or form. If if you're the Baltimore offense, they're able to sit back and kind of do what they do. And there were some issues on defense we can talk about as well. There, there's a recurring issue that if you're watching on YouTube, you know we're going to talk about the explosive play issue continues for this defense. But, you know, early in this game, it really looked like it was going to be a game because the Bengals did find those answers early on both sides of the ball and, and the adjustments were there. And then, you know, you come out of halftime, you come out of that drive without having Joe Burrow, you, you know, you're trying to kind of coach around not having Joe Burrow, the decision to not go for it on that fourth down. You, you would like to see that probably decision made another way, even with Jake Browning in the game, but certainly some, some more to talk about on the defense as well here. Uh, I think we can get to and any other thoughts you have as well, James. Yeah, I, I think we should, we should get to the defense a little bit, uh, the offense as well. Jake Browning a little bit because there, there's a, a realistic chance that Jake Browning is, is starting yeah. against the Steelers on November 26th at Paycor stadium. And uh, so we will discuss all of our, it'll be a brain dump of game takeaways, not involving Joe Burrow or injuries coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash, well, DoorDash is clutch. I love DoorDash. In fact, we use DoorDash every single week at my house. Why? Well, because of the convenience. You get on the DoorDash app, you pick whatever food you want, and boom, it pops up at your house, and you get to eat the food that you want without any effort, very little effort. You don't have to move. Well, you do have to get up and go to your door. To get some delicious food. Now, you've heard me talk about it. I know I've had multiple listeners DM me about this. City Bird is the place I go to in DoorDash regularly. That spicy chicken sandwich, those tenders, that's that's my go-to spot. Maybe you want to go to Skyline, but you don't feel like leaving your house. You can DoorDash that as well. And so this weekend, when you're watching college football on Saturday, watching some NFL Red Zone on Sunday, well, you can use DoorDash. And right now you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order with DoorDash. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, 
subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Save money, eat, be happy. Again, promo code LOCK23 with the DoorDash app. Subject to change, terms apply. Some non-Joe Burrow, non-injury takeaways to finish up the episode. Maybe we should start with Jake Browning. I mean, we could touch on the explosive plays again. I, I don't know how much we need to really say about that. You have Gus Edwards run 26 yards, Keaton Mitchell 21 yards. You have a 51-yarder to Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers 33 touchdown. yards, Nelson Aguilar off the tip pass. It should have been a touchdown. Like, I, I, If it was reversed, I think we would be frustrated that they called that hold. But yeah, no, there, there were terrible calls in this game. We don't even need to talk about the officials because they weren't really an, an impact in the game. But the defensive DJ pass interference calls, the holding penalties, very bad. The DJ Turner penalty is the worst penalty in NFL history. It was very the, bad. The worst in NFL history. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. I mean, that's like the kind of penalty that they put in the pass interference review for, right? And and that would have been one where I think they would have actually done it if, if that was still a thing. Yeah. Which is rare because they ve- that they would very rarely admit they're wrong like that one maybe once or twice I, in the in yeah. like the entirety of, of reviewing that call textbook for DJ um, just since we're just throwing out observations I did think in Cheeto got called for a DPI and I get it because he was he was grabbing um, I don't think it impacted it I think he could have went step for step without grabbing and, and maybe that's just a, a confidence thing but coming off of the the ACL. I thought by the end when he ran step for step with Odell and, and, and Odell tried to make a play, I like the coverage there. It's hard. Odell's a good player. He got hurt at the end, but he was making some big plays. I think Cheeto might be coming along. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful for that. Hopeful. So we'll see. But that, that's that's a little po- positive more so maybe, especially with the Cam Taylor Britt injury. And they might need him to be. Yeah, with Cam Taylor Britt's injury. The, the other thing that will need to happen is uh, if Jake Browning's going to be the QB, he's going to have to work with some guys that aren't Tanner Hudson and Trent Irwin. You, you could tell that he's thrown to those guys. <laughs> I mean, it was a Tanner hey. Hudson, Trent Irwin show. Tanner and, Hudson, man. Come on yeah, now. Tanner Hudson can can play, obviously. But, uh, it, oh, yeah. It was funny to me when it was like Trent Irwin, Trent Irwin, Trent Irwin, Shedrick Jackson, jump ball. Dr. Trent Irwin, like <laughs> the guys that Jake Browning's throwing to, he's going to need to get some reps if he's going to be the starter with Jamar Chase, with Tyler Boyd, be more comfortable throwing those guys the ball. Obviously did have that good anticipation touchdown to Jamar Chase. Good to get those reps if he is going to have to be the starter and try to keep them afloat for a week. But I can already hear the people in the comments saying, I've seen enough from Jake Browning. He holds, he holds the ball too long. They'd have 40 rushing yards. Garbage time, sure, whatever. But he can um, move. I can already hear the calls for A.J. McCarron. James. We'll be the backup. We'll be the backup. They'll, they'll roll with Browning if that's the case. We, we Hopefully we don't see either of those guys. All right. Hopefully it's the Joe show. Um, but yeah, Jake, it's his first time playing. Like it's going to be really fast. He's on the road. It's not going to get any easier going up against that Pittsburgh defense if he has to, you know, so it's, uh, it's tough. And, and who knows, maybe I'll have T Higgins out there. Um, and, and, and that could happen. I, I just, this team right now, it is, is such a shell of what we were expecting for a bunch of reasons. But uh, one other positive, I, and I mentioned it, that I was going to tweet it and didn't because of the Burrow injury. 
Joe Mixon looked good tonight. And uh, on the the run where Orlando comes across, they highlighted it on the broadcast and in blocks for him. I thought he could have gotten more there, but overall, 100 yards from scrimmage, 4.3 rushing. I thought he gave them something on that drive. You mentioned the touchdown drive with Burrow. Obviously, he had the touchdown, but just some juice in the passing game. That's what you want is you want those guys that aren't Jamar Chase to make plays. Tanner Hudson had a nice play on that drive that let you mention, and then Joe Mixon as well. So uh, Joe does deserve credit because I think he came to play, and they needed him, and, and he was a factor when the game was still a game. And then the the win kind of went out of the, the building and certainly out of the Bengal sales, and not just on offense but defensively as well. But you're right. The explosive plays are certainly something that uh, that can't happen to the level that they did. Love that drive using ancillary weapons, using Tanner Hudson, using uh, Trent Ner- not Trent Irwin on that drive, using Tanner Hudson, using Drew Sample, using Joe Mixon in the passing game. There are all of those guys making contributions. I, 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 that's one of the reasons I really like that drive. I thought it was created from this Bengals offense. And that's something that we've been asking for. And they found the answers from Mike McDonald in running game was clicking. When they were going light in the box, the Bengals were using that to punish that approach from Baltimore. And so that's where we were starting to see some of those answers. Hopefully they get Joe Burrow back quickly and can incorporate this going forward. And they can they can survive for a week or if they need to. Hopefully it's quick, right? Hopefully it's nothing. But if, it, if he does miss time, hopefully it is quick and they can survive that without Burrow, this goes back to the conversation we were having last week where all these positions where we highlighted depth questions have come up. They've answered the tight end question, I think, pretty clearly with finally giving in to Tanner Hudson. I don't know what took so long there. We still have some questions with running back, I think, behind Joe Mixon. But now we now we get to see the, the backup quarterback question that we were not hoping we would have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other notes that I have here that I just want to make sure I hit on before we get out of here. Jordan Battle led the team in tackles, 11 tackles. Like like it from the rookie. Noticed him on, on, on multiple plays. So there might be a, a little shift there as well in that safety room. Logan Wilson, two things on him. So he had nine tackles, a quarterback hit, forced fumble. For some reason, and I know he was in on the Mark Andrews, and unfortunately it sounds like Mark is going to miss the rest of the season, which really sucks according to to John Harbaugh. But the broadcast kept mentioning how he was involved in these injuries, like he did something wrong, like on the Lamar tackle or the the Beckham uh, tackle. It's like, that's three for Logan. And like people were tweeting about it, like Logan didn't do anything wrong, n- nothing illegal. And, and I know they're talking about the uh, the drop, drop your hip tackle or whatever, whatever. All right. I, I Maybe you could say the one on uh, on Mark. But it's legal right now anyways. And so nothing wrong. So I think that's weird that people keep or have pointed that out and the broadcast pointed that out. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else on defense I'm looking here. I think I think that's it um, as far as notes. I, I wish I would have noticed some of the young guys a bit more. I didn't as far as with with Hubbard out. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but hopefully they got some some valuable experience. Yeah, last thing for me is it was cool and it would have been more exciting if Joe Burrow was still in the game when we saw the Joseph Osai, Miles Murphy, Trey Hendrickson package on the field together in the two-minute offense for the Ravens, which was bailed out by some of those penalties we talked about. The Bengals could have gotten to stop there, but it was cool to see those young guys on the field together. 
um, just getting those reps. That's a package we talked about a lot in the preseason, but that is going to do it. We'll have more on this game, more on what's next for the Bengals coming up a little bit later, uh, probably on Sunday. That that would be our next regularly scheduled episode. It'll be Sunday night going into Monday for, for those of you that wait until the next day. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast and have a good one.